Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode one, two, four. This week on Toy Power, we do have a Lego Spectacular. We will then jump into another installment of Latest Scores. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we have Darren. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Ahoy, ahoy. And a very special guest all the way from sunny Gold Coast, we have Bilzy. Well, get out there, guys. How are you? We are all very well. How are you doing? I am doing uh, very, very well here on the uh, definitely very sunny Gold Coast today. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite the nice. It's yeah. quite the polar opposite down here in Adelaide. So, <laughs> the polar yeah. being the key word. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is great to have Bilzy on the, sh- on the show today. For those of you who don't know, Bilzy had a recent appearance on Lego Masters Australia. So that was the first season here. And... What we're going to do is, as always, with all our guests on Toy Power, we have to ask them three questions. And the first two of these, Bilzy, all you have to do is remember what it was like to be a 10-year-old and answer those questions with that in mind. So we'll jump straight into the first question, which is, what was your favorite movie as a 10-year-old? Favorite movie? Probably um, Power Rangers. I was addicted to the Power Rangers big time, like day in and day out. I don't know why that and the um and the the uh, what was the very old like the the cartoon styles of Ninja Turtles. Not so much movies, but I lived on 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 continuous TV shows. Nice. nice. So like this is sort of that early '90s Ninja Turtles. Yep. Yeah. yeah very real cheesy good. type. Oh, yeah. the live action one. Oh God. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we know you're a Lego fan, and I'd call you certainly from what i've seen a master builder now we're talking favorite toy lines but you can't pick lego for this one so do you have anything other that you like playing with as a as a 10 year old yeah and i still have them all inspector gadgets oh you're in good company here in fact um for the last episode we all had to bring in a toy and do show and tell i bought in my tiger toys 1992 inspector gadget in the gray trench coat and he's and i left him here and he's still on the table um so what what and you know that 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 line billsy i mean that revealed for the very first time what dr claw looked like Oh, see, that's that's new to me as well. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I spoiler story. alert. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they when when Tiger Toys, so Tiger Toys doing the articulated action figures, and there was a number of toys obviously that were put out around Inspector Gadget. But how do you do a Doctor Claw figure? You need to show his face, and you, you, I don't know if it's one of these things that you actually don't want to know now what he looks like because it's a it's a bit of a letdown once you actually find out. <laughs> They, they could have done the same with Thanos, too. You just made him a glove or a hand, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Never show Thanos, just show the glove, so claw, and you get the claw and the cat. Yeah, exactly, and a big chair. I reckon that could yeah, have worked. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's, uh, yeah and I've still got, I've got probably 30, 40-plus figures and statues and that, of all from, they're all very, very old. But um, I don't know, because obviously I'm not, I'm not down to toy brands as, as hardcore as you guys are, 
But um, I've definitely got one in the box still that had had you could replace his hand with a hat and his arms would fling off, and I've still got it. Somewhere, oh, but yeah. beautiful. Now, that's that's wonderful. Um, it's a fun line. And, in fact, you might be pleased to know there's a company called Five Pro Studio. Uh, they are a Korean toy company, but they are putting out a new line, it says, coming soon of Inspector Gadget action figures. And what they've done is quite phenomenal. It, it looks like it's jumped straight off the animation. And um, so far, they've got Inspector Gadget on the cards. They've got a Chief Quimby as well as a you Penny and Brain two pack. So this is the first time I'm going to actually have a Chief Quimby in my collection. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you got, you got, you got. To, I mean, I think I'd rather Quimby than Claw almost. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was such an iconic part of the show, and always getting you know blown up with the secret messages. So got to, got to have him in there. Now that's wonderful. Great, great stuff. Love that toy line and uh, wonderful to find another Inspector Gadget fan. All right. And Bilzy, we know you've just been to Japan on a trip with one of our friends of the show and Patreon, Joe Hayes, or Concrete Bricks as he's known. Can you tell, I mean, Japan is such a crazy kind of place. Can you tell us one of your favorite experiences from from that recent trip? It's it's definitely crazy. And we made sure we went out there to do all the, all the typical Japan crazy things. But the one thing that sticks out, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, was the street carts yep. driving driving the goat carts dressed up as you know all different types of characters with other cars on the streets through the main like it wasn't even just okay we're going to go on the streets and just go around the city no they take you head first into tokyo they take you to the scramble crossing like the big world famous heavy crossing yeah 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 the, yeah they are there's there's no holding back and and you know cruising at 60 k's an hour dressed up as, as cartoon characters on a main road it's Pretty tough to beat. <laughs> nice, man. And you, you had a bit of a, a Monsters Inc. theme going. Yeah, so I was I was dressed up as uh, Sully, the big the big blue and purple thing from Monsters Inc. There was a Princess Peach in the crew with us as well. There's a Spider Man. Um, oh, there was a Luigi. I'm sure there was a Luigi there yeah, as well. So nice. it's like the the amount of costumes that they've got there. You know, there's no shortage of having a good laugh while you're cruising around. Oh yeah. wow, definitely on the bucket list, man. Definitely, yeah. you, you've got to put it on there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wild. And we were before we were sort of having a bit of a chat when we uh, had everyone sort of on the the messenger, and we know that there's all sorts of weird and wonderful cafes over there. But is there something? Is there a robot cafe? Is that something you had on the list as well? So yeah, so so there's obviously there's cat cafes, there's um an owl cafe. You can go and you know sit in a room with a whole bunch of different owls, and that's a bit bit different. But the the robot cafe is kind of like a a sit down theatre where like you know you're sitting like around a stage and they're putting on performances. But it's it's you walk in and you start off with guys dressed up as Daft Punk singing singing Michael Jackson. <laughs> then there's a panda that comes running out of the bush that gets attacked by an electronic girl that's a drummer. <laughs> Then these guys come out firing lasers at a big snake, and then all of a sudden there's a butterfly singing a love, heal the world, Michael Jackson. And then there's this rock song with like these weird creatures crawling out of the ground. You don't know what's going on. It's just they're just throwing everything at you. And then at the end you're like, wow, what just happened? What did I just see? It was see? amazing and awesome, but what just happened? <laughs> Sounds like uh, Ben's experience watching Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love Godzilla. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, it was, it was, it was like so just. Yeah, it was, it was, it's hard to explain. Like, obviously, there's videos on YouTube, but I wouldn't, if you ever got any chance to go to Japan, I wouldn't even spoil yourself while watching. Yep. Just wait till you get there and just keep your eyes wide open. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Sounds like something to do. Sounds like there's a lot to do in Japan. Um, and yeah, we went to a little cafe called the Monster Cafe, too, and it was like a, uh, like I walked into, um, Samurai Pizza Cat's cartoon. Oh, oh dude! 
dude. Nice. Yeah. 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 We're booking our tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that is. It was so odd. Yeah. No, fantastic. <laughs> Very good. All right. Thank you for that, Billsy, for that intro to yourself. Now, as we know, um, you've recently been on the first season of Lego Masters here in Australia. So that is, I know there's been, I think, a, a British uh, season of that, but this is the first season of the show in Australia. And this is essentially a reality television series that pits different master builders or Lego Lego specialists against each other to compete for the, the grand prize, which I think was about 50 grand all up. So 100 grand. 100 grand, yeah. yep. So 50K split. So a very nice prize. Can you tell us a little bit about the audition process? So I know from our, our friend Joe that you guys sounded like you went into the audition process together. And how did that go in terms of did you have to do anything special, build anything, I guess, to get you through that audition phase? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it started off um, like obviously, you know, like most stuff, you put your name down on the on, on internet, just kind of cross your fingers and wait to hear back from them. Um, and then Joe and I got invited to the first audition day. Um, and you, long story short, you walk into a room and there was um, a big bucket of 4,000 bricks. So just random bricks, different colors, sizes, angles, shapes, all that kind of stuff. And they said you had three hours and you had to build something out of a – like you had to build a sphere, so pretty much make Lego round mm. and then add that into a story. So, you know, make something round and give us a story uh, and why, what, what, what was it that you made round. So a lot of people were doing like um, balls or – or planets or stuff like that. And um, Joe and I made a pinball table. Which oh, really cool. nice. nice. That came out pretty cool. So I think that kind of stood out first off. And then one guy actually made like a big storybook that opened up and then you pulled a lever and the cow jumped over a moon. Oh, and I was like, nuts, that's really, man. really cool. Yeah. yeah right. Like to come up with stuff like that. There were some really good ones and there were some other ones that was like these, these guys made a big scepter, which by itself was pretty cool, but you kind of, it's like, dude, you've built a ball with a long stick. There's yeah. no imagination, yeah. so to speak. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the audition process. And then, you you know, you sit down and you got to do a questionnaire and they find out, you know, do you gel? Are you funny? How do you handle confrontation? All that kind of stuff. But as far as building-wise, yeah, they, they pretty much relied on that and what was your story and what you built off the sphere. Yeah, right. Cool. Okay, so uh, well, this might be spoiling, pulling back the curtain on uh, t- uh, the magic of TV, but we're sort of <laughs> curious about how... How long ago this the filming for this actually took place? And as part of that, was there any sort of you had to keep your trap shut? Did they make you sign an NDA, all that sort of stuff? Like, how does that that part of it work? Yeah, yeah, totally. So it, it all kicked off in October, mm-hmm. um, second week of October, and it filmed all the way through to December. So it took a good solid probably week per. So there's only nine episodes, obviously, that yep. came out to air. It took a solid week for each episode to to film and get through and all they had to do. Um, and while until literally until the last final air date, yeah, there's an NDA of, you know, you can't say this, you can't, can't release this. This didn't happen, so to speak. Um, obviously now, you know, I get to chat to you guys. A lot of it has lifted, yeah. but they're still very, very strict on, um, they don't want to tell, they don't want me to tell you how, how it was filmed, um, how the camera equipment was used, what way they used the camera, which I don't have a clue, hmm. you know, why would they want to hide that kind of stuff? But, you know, yeah, surely that's industry odd. industry standard at some point. But anyway, it must be. It must be like yeah, just like yeah, you know, here's here's the 
page 75 of the 500 have already signed. Just, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's in there for safety. I, I could only imagine with YouTube uh, being, you know, creating their own stars on your backyard people on the internet, uh, there's potential that someone could steal this idea and then make their own YouTube channel based on this sort of backyard mm. competition. That's the only thing I can well, think of. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had like obviously had a team of, you know, a monstrous team of 20, 30 guys in all different cameras. And the, the, the camera equipment obviously was, was, you know, not YouTube uh, yeah. creator affordable. Like these guys are running cinematic cameras with $5,000 lenses. Mm, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, if you really want to button it down and make a backyard home version of it, nine times out of 10, the best camera you've got is the one that you've got. You know, you don't need the cinematic stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But in, in saying that, like, you know, you guys see what you're saying, like they had lenses that would dip down inside the Lego builds and stuff that would swing around. So, I mean, they done well. It looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it. They, I remember there was one scene where I don't know something was going on on one of the tables, and they just did a shot of all the cameramen around that one table. I think it was when, but there was like an hour head start for one of the teams uh, yes, that won the yeah, won the. And I. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and it was just yeah. everyone around, which yeah. was just showed you how many the, cameras the were actually there. At one table, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No pressure. But one of my favourite. Ah builds was when you had to explode it or smash it yeah. or drop it or yeah, something and they had that slow-mo reaction on the black screen so they, the colors would really pop and stuff and that was you know fantastic to watch back like uh from same, a, same camera they use on the slow-mo guys yeah yeah wow yeah but it was yeah when you watch it, it's like oh that's not that great and it was cool that it exploded then you watch it back and it's like yeah all right i see what you're doing now yeah very, yeah, very, very, yeah. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Now, that was awesome, in fact, that Lego, I guess the storeroom or did it did it have a particular name where they kept all the all the Lego? Yeah, Brick Pit. Brick Pit. Brick Pit. And I think I heard somewhere that there was about one and a half million pieces in there. Two two point five million. Oh my goodness. Wow. wow. So I mean I know when I'm building at home, the challenge I have is I just don't have the pieces that I kind of want, you know, to build. I go, oh, I kind of would like a you know, a joiner of this type, and I, I literally don't have that in my collection. Now, this is, I guess, having two and a half million pieces, you've probably got all the pieces there, but, like, how did you find them? How did you sort through it and organize what you needed to get? It was it was organized very well. Like, it was, you know, certain blocks were in certain areas, and they were color-coded, and if you needed plates, they were in certain areas, and if you needed accessories. Like, it was very, very well sorted. And, and then after probably about two weeks, you kind of knew, okay, you know, not exactly pinpoint, but you knew it was only going to be in that corner yep. or on that wall or so yep. to speak. So because we're doing it every single day, you know, 10 hours a day, it, it became home. Um, but on the same on the same level, it was like when I got home and started to build again, I took the brick pit that much for granted <laughs> when I got home and all I needed was a simple part. It was like, <laughs> oh, man, you don't realize, don't realize until now that the what you had at your fingertips. It was absolutely insane. But you say it was funny. You say that, you know, you don't think you ran out of parts, but there was plenty of times we ran out of certain parts because say the bridge, for example, yep. everybody went to go for the Technic beams. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, fair enough. There might be a thousand pieces of Technic beams, but if three teams go and grab three buckets full, that's going to, you know, run out of that for us. So, so that, that was a perfect example. You look at our bridge, we built it out of Lego lattice. We yep. used Technic like everyone else, which is a bad move, but you know, it happens. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah, so yeah, there was parts that were very selective as well that ran out pretty quick. Even even the showrunners uh, didn't expect the um, bridges to hold that much weight. They had to well, go had... and get uh, more weights yeah. and things. They basically they? had a little uh, truck that mm. Hamish was going to yes. drive over yeah. each bridge, and they basically it everyone the made it. It was not not even a contest. I think the engine in the no. Truck so in yeah. in in practice, off screen, they obviously built and practiced themselves amongst you know the the the, the crew. Um, and every no bridge went longer than eight kilos, stronger wow. than eight kilos. Right, interesting. So and it, yeah, and then you look at all of ours, and it was like huge. Yeah, that's incredible because yeah. you know, some of those bridges were holding up to eighty kilos. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. right? And then they would kind of break after that. So to think that the people trying to work out what it could tolerate were only getting up to eight kilos. Yeah, yeah, every, that's well done. That's incredible. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't the bridges that were breaking; it was the Lego physically yes. oh, wow. and stretching out of shape. Yeah, crazy, crazy. All right, one one thing you know, this is uh, part of the art of uh, filming and things, I suppose. But do you did you ever see the cleanup crew who must have had to come uh, in after filming, break down your builds, and painstakingly sort the bricks back into the brick room? <laughs> yeah, man. So even even in on the bigger build days. Um, they were there during the day because how mammoth of a job they had to. So as we're as we're trying to pick and go through, they're either refilling the room off camera or you know they're running backwards and forwards between things. And um, one of them was like they they started getting frustrated with us from the Delorean episode. <laughs> so you guys obviously yeah, would have seen yeah. that the Delorean was quite bigger than uh, than most. Yep. So grey bricks, the yes. amount of grey <laughs> bricks that we used was like oh, phenomenally massive. And all I remember was the next day. That one of them was like, Billsy, mate, I never swore so much against your name. And I was like, ah, it is what it is, dude. Could you imagine if you had actually completed the DeLorean, what they would have been saying to you? <laughs> oh, dude, we would have been absolute Jedi gods. <laughs> <laughs> no. You could have driven that thing home. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, um, I think most people built the, the DeLorean sort of maybe like a, a foot long, yeah. maybe, you Action know, sort of, sort of scale. Yeah, like, 30 yeah. to 40 centimetres, yeah. whereas uh, Kale and Bilzy, you almost went, I don't know, what was it, like one six scale or something. It was huge. One, It was one four in the end. Wow, one, one four. One, one four. Yep, yep. So, yeah, no, and, absolutely. And, and then he thought we are going to do it in eight hours. It's like, man, we never even got like a, a side done in eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, I guess, Brickman had that knowledge of, you know, how those bigger builds, yeah. how long they would take and, and the logistics involved. And I know he was giving quite a few tips to some of the guys. I know when, um, and I'm, I'm forgetting the names of the guys, but uh, the, the two that were building the violin, the half violin, mm. And, Henry and Caden. Yeah, Henry and Caden. And, and basically, Brickman had actually built a full violin and he was sort of saying, you know, look, you've got however long, 10 hours to build half. It took me sort of 40 hours to build the whole thing. So yeah. just watch what you're trying to do. But see, this is where this is where it was different. And this is why those guys won. They took the advice on board and changed their story. Yep. Where, you know, where, where you know, uh, with us as a team and, and Kale being a little bit more stubborn than most, he's like, no, nah, I'll prove you wrong. I'm going to do it. And, you know, sometimes it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, and maybe I know he was uh, in that last build that you guys did with the, uh, I guess you had the prehistoric theme and you had to the build dinosaur. that that dinosaur. dinosaur. And, you know, one of Brickman's requests was that it was going to be built to scale and your T-Rex was, you know, Godzilla-sized in comparison, <laughs> which looked great. But, you know, I guess if you've got to work to a certain criteria... 
maybe taking Brickman's advice on board is kind of important. Totally. And that's it. And like, you know, when, when, when you go back and look through the whole total of the build, it's like we had the cavemen camping out eating pizza out of pizza, pizza boxes. I'm like, you kind of, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's prehistoric gear and you've got caveman boxes and baby mm. dinosaurs eating out of a milk drink bottle. It's like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, it was, it was, but I mean, yeah, like, you're right. If it wasn't the scale, like, that dinosaur head was amazing. The detail was yeah. insane. Yeah. Great. But, yeah. you know, as far as it comes down to what the brief wanted for the competition we're in, mm. it was, it was, it was like a Godzilla of Godzillas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just on a supplementary question on, on this sort of topic, how tiring were yep. some of those builds? Like, after when, when you left for the day or whatever, you know, did you feel on a high because you had, had a great deal of fun and there was a level of excitement being in this competition or was it genuinely exhausting? At first, I almost got calluses on my thumbs because of some of the repetitive big sharp because all the Lego was brand new. So mm. it's extra sharp, obviously. Um, but so inside, inside behind the scene knowledge, not every build, even though it might have said 10 hours, 12 hours, was not a solid 10 or 12 hour build. They split it up. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, you know, we build five hours and then you build the next five, the next day, so to speak. So what we do, we'd go home, and we'd research, we rebuild, we'd build and build and build and research more just to try to tweak what we already had. Yes. You know, what have we forgotten? How can we add to it? So during the builds, it was it was almost twenty four seven insane. Mm-hmm. And then on weekends, it was like, oh, I don't want to see another block of Lego for two days. Yeah. <laughs> Put it away. Well, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, that you know, for you guys with the DeLorean challenge. So the challenge was basically to build a. DeLorean in a specified amount of time. The interesting thing I found about that build was that there is an official Lego DeLorean that is out there. And I guess if for that one, if there was time in between builds, I guess there may have been even the temptation or the ability to go and look at the official instructions and then use some of those elements as well as you can memorize maybe some of those and bring them back to the build. Now, obviously, you guys didn't do that because you had your one quarter scale. Yep. But was that something that I guess theoretically you could do or people could strategize with? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. You definitely could. But like the good thing about being, I guess, that far and that in much in love with Lego, you kind of already know, you know, kind of you, you're pretty much good with mixing the elements to do what you want it to do or what you want it to look like. Um, and the best thing about that build was the DeLorean was in front of you. Yep. So if you saw like a pipe with a claw and a, and a rope, so to speak, you kind of you kind of knew. Okay, I need to go grab that bit to grab that bit to make it look like that. Where, you know, we weren't designing a DeLorean from blank, so mm. it was actually easy to look look at something in front of you and turn that into Lego because you kind of already got a good knowledge of the parts. Yep. So you didn't really have to go back to the instruction book. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the most fun, proudest, or slash proudest thing you built on the show? Uh, for me, the evil, that robot evil lair. Yep. I yeah, I love yeah, that, that really thing. Nice. How, the, how the rocket come out of his head and how the rocket, the, the front little rocket splits, like went down the front on a conveyor belt and shot out by itself. That was my favorite build. That and the unit, cross between that and the unicorn. The unicorn for pure wow and size factor. Yeah. And, and that you, thing was quite big. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have much, um, uh, you know, build building on that bike. That like, was incredible. Was, the amount of... To, to attack yeah, to yeah, frame. Yeah. 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 And and just to come yeah, up with that sort of, you know, crazy idea, I think that was a real wow factor from an audience point of view. Well, because that, that head, the way it sat, and because it was all heavy and kind of leaning forward, the technic, the two Technic bits that were glued into the bike, the inside the brick is normally like a, a round hole, so you can put like a pin or whatever through it. Mm. We put a bar through it, but by the end of filming, that bar literally folded to like a 90-degree bar. Wow. So 
what you see was very quick and onto it and the photos were done. But by the next day, because it sat there and just sat at a very off weight. Yep. Yeah. By the next day, the head was almost separated to the bike because of how much pressure was on that little one piece of Lego. Yeah, unreal. Um, all right. So, Not like it never happened during filming, though. That, that would have been a bit of a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been very bad. Um, so, <laughs> we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the two two hosts of the show, uh, Brickman. Yep. Um, obviously, was he? I assume he was known to you before you started filming. So, I just want to talk a little bit about what it's like to to work with a well Lego celebrity. And and Hamish is he is he just as charming off camera as he is on camera? Talk, talk us through that. Yeah. Yeah, so so Ryan um, Brickman, he's he's been so he's the only Australian official Lego builder. So wow. like he actually his boss uh, a Lego in Denmark. Mm. He's the only one for Australia and New Zealand. So he he designs a lot of them the mammoth sets you see in Maya or you see you know in the big. Um, he just designed a, a Honda Civic, the full size Honda Civic wow. that it's on the TV ad. Yep, so yep. he's that's what he does for a living. He makes and creates and big maxi figures. So. <laughs> And he does the shows that go around Australia. So I knew him and I've met him a few times from the shows. But then to finally meet him and have a chat, you know, you, you put, I guess, personality to the person. You know, you've got respect for him because you love your Lego. Mm. But, he, yeah, he's, he's just a genuine guy. He's not, you know, he wasn't a, a dick or up himself or nothing. So I was, like, really good to have a chat and see his angle of things. Nice. So, yeah, it was good to, you know, finally meet him. But then with Hamish, um, first things, man, Hamish is tall. Yeah. Like I'm talking, he's tapping seven feet or more. Is that right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. wow. Doesn't look very, good. very tall. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm six foot something, and he, I was looking up to him. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you don't, you can't tell that from no, the show. Not on the camera, you can't. Yeah. No. Can't tell it from any of the shows. Yeah. That he's on. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, that and and he's even more raw and funny when the cameras aren't rolling. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Like if he, if he, I guess if he got an open camera and open mic night, he'd be like. You know the 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 raw and delirious Eddie Murphy. Oh, nice, oh, that's awesome, excellent. Yeah. Well, it is a very G-rated kid-friendly yeah. show, so that would be how yeah. good would that be to see that version of him? Because he is, I mean, he's one of the funniest guys I know. Yeah. You know, he's such a clever and quick-witted kind of host. Very so. smart. Yeah. Very very smart. In, yeah. He's quick. He's very quick. He was the perfect yeah. host for, for this show. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, they were, did an excellent casting call to get someone funny in an otherwise, uh, uh, you know, quote air quotation marks nerdy show. Like to get to bring a bit of light to bring yeah. it down to your everyday person that frowns upon I I, I haven't played yeah. my kids play with Lego. You know, Lego's not for yeah. adults and things. So he, I think he brought that. Uh, you know, broke that barrier between yep. uh, the kids and adults and made it, you know, the every man's show. And I, I think it was awesome to have uh, that sort of humour in this show. I Just um, massive respect. And uh, it's good to hear these things come, you know, from you. So, Yeah, and you've got to, you've got to look at it too. Like, so, you know, the dynamic of the room was he had to go from the grandma to grandson to, say, Kale and I, and then to G, who's like the South African dude that didn't even crack a smile half <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he still made every single one of them work, no matter which situation he was put in. So it was really good. Yeah, yeah excellent. So have you kept in touch with any of the other contestants or anyone on yes. the show? Yeah, so so Kale and I only met the day before filming. So he was, he was a last-minute um, team up for me so we kind of had to become mates the day before and then try and make it work wow, um, so with me and him that turn around that's, that's massive yeah and so with me and him we kind of you know we I guess we respect each other in the Lego world but we don't text each other every day about what's going on and how are you mate but 
Um, with Henry and Kate, I've become really close mates with, and we're actually collaborating now and doing a big build, which is going to go around Australia to different Lego shows. Yes. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, so that's that's kind of a good plus for me. And then, um, yeah, generally most of us, like, you know, we've got a, a group on Skype and a group on uh, Messenger. We kind of, you know, just, just whatever's going on that day or that week, we just we keep in touch because – we pretty much, other than a few little guest spots here and there, we haven't seen each other since Christmas. Yep. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah, we, we definitely all, all keep in touch one way or another. And now that we're kind of, I guess, a little bit more significant in the Lego world, you can't help but cross paths. Mm, yep. So true. Yeah. Now, this is one thing I've always wondered about being on sort of a reality TV show. Now, I know you're, you have your own radio show up there on the Gold Coast, 105.7 Radio Metro. So you're not really, um, I guess, seeing this sort of for the first time. You're familiar with the media industry and how it operates. But what was it like just having, like you said, 10 to 15 cameramen, you know, around you 10 hours a day? Um, at the, the first day was definitely, you know, it's kind of, it was in your face and on your mind and almost to a panic point where it was, you know, do I look all right? I, if I look this way, is, is you know, is, is, is my, my bum crack going to come out? <laughs> what if I say this wrong? Are you going to use this against me in the real, you know, you're going to, yep. and then, and it was like, it was like that, that's it. The whole first day, it was like, you know, if I, if I, can I put that there clean? If I don't put that right, every Lego nerd on the internet's going to get out me. And it's like, oh man, you don't realize who there. But then by the second day come around, it's like, what cameras? Yep. It, yep. Took, it took from day two or day three from then on, it became almost non-existent. It was very, right. you know, your blinders were on. Just finish what you got to build because they're not going anywhere. So it was, yeah, it was, it was. I adapted to it, to it pretty quick. Yeah. So in that sense, it was. But yeah, at first it was like, yeah, the, the million questions every time you did something. Am I doing that right? Am I doing this right? And then when Ryan or Brickman or Hamish would come along, it's like, you know, oh great, what comments do you have for me now? <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Now you seem like a pretty relaxed and calm sort of guy. This obviously there was a lot of pressure moments. You know, these builds were done in a constrained time environment. Uh, all the things we talked about, the brick pit, having to find the pieces. What was the most stressful situation you found yourself in during this, um, the filming of the show? Probably number one, one that I remember would be that last build, the dinosaur build. Um, really early on, within the first hour, when Kale was like, "I'm going to build a dinosaur," and then I seen the the I guess the outline structure of that head, and it was like, "You can't build that head. You can't build that head." You know, and it was like, "This was elimination." Mm. If we doesn't matter if he built that head like a Picasso, you know, just because of pure scale that we're going to kick, get kicked out. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, and you know, I guess if you, it's a competition, you're like you know, you don't want to get kicked out. Come on, man, if we get kicked out for something you're intentionally doing this sucks. So that kind of made it mm. frustrating to an anger to a like stress point. It was like, man, I hope you step on some Lego, you idiot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, so that was, that was probably the, 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 the number one point that, and then the very first time, um, in the apartment build when, uh, you know, you obviously go up and you're in the bottom two, you know, yeah. it could be me or yep. it could be the other team. That was yep. kind of, yeah. But until you're at that point, it's like, ah, it's all good. This is, this is sweet as, and then, you're, then you're like, oh, crap. All right, this could be us. It's no, yeah. no, not us. Yeah. <laughs> There's often controversy in reality TV regarding the editing and how, how people are portrayed. How did you find the editing represented you in the final product? Oh, not one issue at all. Like, I, it, it, it was uh, even, even, even how, like, from what I saw from every single person, how it was edited. Um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't fluff it. They didn't, you know, glue two bits together to make a story. Um, yeah, credit has to go to the editors and, and the producers because, like, 
there was there was nothing made up. There was nothing we were pushed into, you know, saying this different. Like, you know, obviously you do them um, them type when you're building, they, they flash back to them, um, the interviews where we're sitting in the room yep. talking about what we're doing. Yeah. So even even when we're in there, you know, there was, there was nothing like kind of weighted for us to say anything in particular. So, yeah, as far as reality TV goes, uh, I mean, you know, if, if anyone asks me, it's, it's what you've seen is what happened. Yeah, nice. Yeah. No, that's good to hear. It's a credit to the show because quite often you feel like some people are misrepresented on yeah. maybe other reality TV shows. I think the focus on this is not the controversy, rather more about the Lego and the builds and what and the what can be uh, accomplished. And I think you guys did that. I know you probably missed the the lie because it was in the final round where they actually had the the woman from Denmark from from the actor who yeah, worked Vanilla. with Lego. Yep, yep. And she came on and and her reaction was looking at some of those builds were like. You know, some of the Lego guys back in Denmark would struggle to build what these guys have built in that time frame. So it's a real credit to the the Australian Lego community at, at the builds and the quality of the work that was produced. Yeah, and yeah, and she, she said I mean, that off camera well too. Like she was blown away by what we come up with. Yeah, I was just saying, and and you guys went went pretty far too. You went right into finals week, so you, you know you're really competitive the whole way through. Which for me that impressed me, given that you two, you know, we're not an organic group that went on to the show you were you didn't grow together you, you weren't you know aware of each other and building together yeah. prior to to auditioning so i thought that was a real credit just how far down the line you guys were able to, to get well that's it i mean you know with with you know we we obviously clashed here and there when we did we, we could have been one of the first ones out so I was i was pumped that we made it you know to the second last episode so but as well like kale the reason, I guess, the main reason Kale was so frustrated because when it comes to Lego, he's 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 a he's insane builder. He's a really really talented builder, and and I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not at his level of building, so that's where you'll see a lot of the times where Kale's like, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. And like, yeah, cool, man. You lead the way, I'll follow. Yep. And because I know he had the picture and he's got the bit of a higher skill, depending on what we're building, it'd be the smarter thing as a team to follow what he wanted to build. Mm. So that's why, like, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, you should have spoken up for yourself. You should have built what you wanted to build. I was like, well, no, you don't realize. If we're going to win, we're winning as a team. Yeah, and if yeah, Kale exactly. knew, you know, if he had the head start and he knew exactly what he was going to build, why not just fuel that instead yeah. of yeah. try going? Yeah. I can respect Kale as an excellent builder. I just don't think he had time management uh, very well. Like, he yeah. thought he could get the DeLorean done in X amount of hours. He thought yeah. he could make that dinosaur stand in X amount of hours. And he quickly realized he couldn't do it within that time frame. Yeah. He needed almost twice, double the time frame. And, and I'm sure he could do it. I've got no doubts about that. But he just, his time management was uh, way off. And that's where he's. But it was, yeah, it, it was funny because. He actually told me, I can't remember if it was the Lauren or the T-Rex, but he told me if there was two of him, he would have got it finished. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. All right, thank you so much for that, Bilzy. We are now going to head into our next segment. Whoa, dude, nice score. It is later scores, and this is a segment where we go around and see what we've found in the toy collecting community what gems we might have had our eye on and what we may have picked up recently. We might start with you, Bilzy, because obviously you've been to Japan and there's been... I know you were over there with, with Joe and another mate, but Joe would have probably been pretty keen to check out some toy stores. I know we were feeding him some locations of some places he might want to hit up. 
Um, but what what did you guys find? Were you looking for any any toys in particular, or is it, is it just sort of more about looking and seeing sort of what was there? No, so on on, on a Lego level, yeah, we, we definitely wanted to try find you know the unique, um, I guess Japan exclusive type stuff, or you know hit up a few secondhand shops to see what kind of rarities are in the wild. Um, and there wasn't too much of, of I guess the Lego stuff, but we went to a store down in Osaka in a town called Namba and the, t- the shop was called, I think, Adamski or a, a Damski or something like that. Um, and it was literally like walking in a, a, a thrift shop full of gold. Like <laughs> it didn't matter if you're into your figures or your board games to your old music and records to Gundams and Star Wars. It was like it had the best of everything. And it was – I don't think anything was later than like 1995, 2000. Like it was just old and in everything – almost everything was still in the box – and it was just like pure time capsule. Yeah, if I had if I had more money, I would have come back with another suitcase. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what did you actually, actually buy? Bought, yeah. So I, yeah. I, so I bought I, well, I bought a few things from there. I bought actually I bought a Sony cassette Walkman. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because like I like I, was, I like my retro stuff and you know being in music and the DJ, I, I had to get it. Yep. Um, Absolutely, and it's Sony. Um, Henry Henry from the show before the show, he was known for building a Gundam robot, which is one and a half meters high out of Lego. Um, and I found I don't know how how down you are with the Gundam universe, but I found a, an original RX seventy eight from like the mid nineties, early nineties, still in box. I bought for him, Ooh, nice as a Very gift. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, and my brother builds cars like really, really, um, really good like antique type cars. And I found an original Datsun badge, which is really hard to find here. But for some reason, this shop had one in the counter, and I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, it was it was cheap enough and. But yeah, nice. yeah, for you guys as toy as toy guys more than Lego guys, you guys would have had a field day. <laughs> Sounds like a very yeah. expensive holiday. We do have one of our mates here. Uh, he's got a store called Kaiju Collectibles, and he does head over to Japan a couple of times a year and scour the shops and brings back many many suitcases of gems uh, back. So we do get a bit of a flavour of sort of the Tokyo toy scene. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's got to be, a- be huge, especially if you're a local. It must be massive. Yeah, because like, you've got to know obviously where the the, the the proper hidden stuff is. Yeah, yeah, and I heard it's it's a sort of different vibe over there. A lot of people, a lot of collectors over there, almost keep the collections to themselves a bit more than kind of putting it out there and making it very accessible. So it is, I think, from what I understand, it's a bit more about finding these hidden gems and and not necessarily clearly established, you know, stores. So a bit of a different atmosphere, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally, and and and. Like we went into what, like a few different shops and some, you know, like they were too uniform. They were too clean. They were too neat. They were too new. So they were kind of like you walk in, yeah, this isn't our kind of thing. Get get back out again. Mm-hmm. Where the secondhand shop was just, you know, dirty and every price was handwritten and it was cash only. And so I was like, you know, you kind of know you've struck gold when you find something like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very yeah. cool. All right, Darren, we might head over to you. What is, what's been happening in your toy collecting space? So I received from Super 7, I'm not sure if you're aware of Masters of the Universe at all, Pilsy, but I received yep. Yep. Um, the second wave of the Super 7 Vintage Collection figures, which included the Hero and Eldor from the Powers of Grayscale line. They were going to come out in 1987, Mattel were going to bring them out, and they discontinued the Masters of the Universe line, so they've sort of never quite got released in, in that format or in that that vintage style until until mere weeks ago so so it was nice to to finally get them and and i got some of the other i guess animated versions of of characters like 
like um, Tila, Man at Arms, Beastman, that sort of thing. So really good wave for me to get really happy with, particularly the Hero and Eldor, which always seemed like unfinished business. Have you opened those yet? No, no, no I haven't yet, but I'm sorely tempted to. Um, well, I have. I've had a pretty quiet um, toy get, uh, buying spree since uh, Toy Fair, so mm. that's unfortunate. But I did actually pick up a couch today, as exciting as that may sound, because <laughs> I've recently yeah. redone my toy room. Right, yeah. so a part of this uh, redoing my toy room was to build a bit of a gaming area inside. So nice. we picked up a, a couch now for making an official gaming area. So that was quite exciting to get one. One, you know, another tick off the box. Yeah, um, but Ben, what does a couch transform into? No, nah, well, you no? know, it, it, it's not a, it's not a futon or anything. But yeah, no, nah, just, a, just a cheap couch that was uh, just a um, few kilometres down the road, so to speak, on Gumtree. So I picked that up today, and uh, I've pre-ordered Toxie from Super Seven, which oh, yeah. I'm super excited about. Yes. And uh, what else? I've, I've, I've pre-ordered my tickets for Lego for. Um, Toy Story 4, so I'm going to go see it with the family. So oh, that's uh, pretty exciting. So I'll be seeing that on the 23rd, I think. Oh, so, wicked. Uh, locked in. Very yep. cool. Yep. So, mm. Excellent. Um, I had a gaming room myself, and uh, a retro gaming room. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Yeah, we've got everything from the SNES, 64, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, Switch, you know, you name it, man. We've, yeah. we've pretty much got it. Um, and we just needed an area away from the regular TV because we were, we were mm. up until now really – I only had the one TV. I've got a, I had a TV in the shed in my toy room, but uh, I, it was never getting used. It was more of a toy shrine than a uh, gaming area. <laughs> so we brought it inside and going to encourage the kids uh, to play a bit more games and also somewhere where they can watch their cartoons and stuff and we can watch uh, some proper TV uh, in the other room. Cool. So myself, I've picked up a couple more uh, Ninja Turtles. They haven't arrived just yet, but they'll probably be waiting for my waiting for me at work on Monday from actually an Australian seller on eBay of all things. There was a couple I was missing in the uh, M- Turtles Movie Three line from circa nineteen ninety three. Movie Splinter, loose but complete with all the accessories, thirty bucks. And wow. so within Australia as well, so it was like $8 shipping or whatever it was. And I just went, yes, this. Um, they also grabbed the, uh, a, what was it, a Mutant Military uh, Michelangelo. I actually already have the figure, but it's got no accessories. This one, again, same guy, 30 bucks complete. And I'm like, yep, bugger trying to chase down the weapons individually. It'll take me yeah. forever. And, and probably uh, cost you more than 30 bucks. Correct, right? And so then the, what was cool, though, is that the guy... Um, I had a guy uh, hit, hit me up on Facebook, sending me a message going, hey, man, by any chance, did you happen to buy two these two Ninja Turtles from me like the other day? I'm like, well, is this your eBay username? If so, yes. And he's a guy I've been talking to on Facebook for ages just yep. through all the Ninja Turtle groups and stuff. So that was, you know, only in Australia. Small world. Exactly, yeah. exactly right. Uh, and then the only other thing I picked up was a couple more Marvel Legends. I got the current run of Gambit. Uh, I did have the original Toy Biz Gambit back in the day. I'm still on the fence as to which one is better. They, they're both very cool, but in different things. The original Gambit, of course, had the cloth trench coat going. Uh, this one's got the uh, plastic one, um, but looks very cool. I've got my X-Men shelf all set up there, ready to go. Um, but yeah, a bit like Ben, I'm sort of waiting on a few things to pre-order, such as a quarter-scale shredder and that. So it hasn't been a, hasn't been a very busy month since uh, post-Toy Fair. Mm. Yeah, I've been trying not to buy too much because my toy room is at capacity, as everyone knows. <laughs> But I'd, I went a little bit crazy over the last couple of weekends and I'd had a few f- lines that I'd been collecting that I was well behind on. 
So that included things like Marvel Legends, all the X-Men figures. I was about three waves behind on that. Um, Star Wars Black Series, again, another three waves. So I, I cleaned up some of that sort of stuff. But the big thing that I've been getting into lately is some gaming figures. And I don't know if anyone here is sort of familiar with the, the Hong Kong-based Storm collectibles. They are doing a number of great figures at the moment. They've got their Mortal Kombat line, which is just sensational. And they're also doing fairly, fairly you know, beautiful figures in Street Fighter. And they're doing a lot of figures now in Street Fighter 2. So I've been going back and picking up a few of the, the Mortal Kombat figures Scorpion was one of the first figures they released and yep. we're talking these figures cost about $70 US maybe you know around $100 Australian mark Scorpion you're not going to get him for under 400 bucks now oh, he's yeah, um, wow. and, Easy. yeah so that the, these ones are just skyrocketing and even I look at some of the ones I picked up early on like Sub-Zero and Reptile they're now you know, two, three hundred bucks on the secondary Not market. So I managed to go back. I picked up the Shao Kahn, who comes on his oh, big throne. Yes. Yeah, it looks um, amazing. Got got him, and I got the smoke and rain oh, you exclusive. Did, you did get them. You I were did. talking about that. And Noob Sabot, so oh, the nice. the Tobias Boone character, <laughs> all in black. And then um, I managed to, I think there's the new one. So they did just drop today and it went up on the Hong Kong Storm Collectibles website, the Mortal Kombat 3 version of Scorpion. So he's going to be my filler. So yeah, because I'm not going to go back and spend 400 bucks on uh, the Mortal Kombat 2 version. And on Street Fighter, I did go back and pick up a number of the Storm Collectibles Street Fighter figures. I think about 10 in total. (laughs) There's there's a couple there. This is him stopping collecting. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Frank's got a nice shelf in his toy room, which I'm thinking they might look pretty good up there, mate. So uh, uh, this space is for rent. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the Street Fighter 2 figures are sensational. And we're having a bit of a chat on the Patreon page during the week around the different Street Fighter lines. We did a retrospective on the Sota Street Fighter line. But Storm, this is a nice jumping in point for me because they, they do look very nice, highly articulated. Um, so, you know, very keen to sort of focus on that Street Fighter 2, yeah, Super nice. Street Fighter 2 sort Old of school. era. Yeah. So that's sort of what's been happening in my space. On that note, we're going to wrap this episode very shortly. But before we do, Bilzy, what's the next big plan you've got in your calendar? Now, back from Japan, back from a bit of traveling, what's the next big toy show you've got on the horizon? Um, I've been asked to display at, there's a Lego show in Canberra coming up in August. Um, I've been asked to display there, but kind of the pinnacle for, for Lego people um, is Brickvention, which is held in Melbourne in January mm-hmm. every year. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, if, if, if you're a Lego builder, you know, you build a little, you build what you can through the year in local town shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, if you want to make yourself known and put yourself out there, um, Brickvention is the place to do it. And I'm trying to build at the moment a fully working turntable, 100% Lego except for the needle. So the oh, motor, wow. the buttons, the shell, <laughs> full vinyl player. Yeah, and I'm, I'm almost there. It's just it's really hard to tell Lego to do 33 or 45 RPM. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what's your uh, disc of choice? What's your beats you're going to be playing uh, on that once it's all going? Well, uh, long story short, I'm obsessed with Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay. nice. nice. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. So yeah. you would do it your way. 
<laughs> I'll do it my way. Yeah. And uh, Billsy, uh, uh, shout out. What's your Instagram name? How, how can uh, people reach out and um, you know see your stuff and follow you and things like that? Yeah, awesome. E- everything doesn't matter what it is. Is I am Billsy. So I am Billsy. Nice, yeah. nice and easy, sweet. And for those listeners, if you do want to check out some of these builds, they are absolutely sensational. We've talked about the the half bicycle, half unicorn, which is incredible. We've talked about the evil lair. We've talked. You have to see that dinosaur, not to scale, and that was negative points. <laughs> but no, nothing against the actual build itself. It is a wonderful build. You can go on to the Lego Masters. Uh, website and they do have a lot of the videos there a lot of those videos are also up on youtube so i would definitely recommend checking them out because they are absolutely incredible builds and you can go back and re-watch them so it is a wonderful place to check out the work of bilzy kale cade uh, as we talked about um, all the guys there that did an amazing job any uh, quick suggestions for the people that are uh, trying to get into season two don't don't show off the the one thing that we're told that happened a lot at auditions. Um, and they said it's, it kind of happens across every reality TV show. People try to be better and funnier than they are. And they, they, they you know, if you're, if you're literally a closet Lego builder and you're just silent, you're, that's you in the corner. You do that at the interviews because um, you look at the Sri Lankan couple, they were very much like, you know, they, they weren't out there and extroverts, mm, so to speak, and they yeah. still made it on the show. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's cliche as it is just, yeah, you, you're more comfortable being yourself. Otherwise, if you're not, you know, that's going to come out when you get on the show. Yeah. yeah. No, very, very good Wise advice. words. Yep. Absolutely. And it's all about the builds. I've got to say, as someone who 40 hated reality TV shows, <laughs> I really loved what you did. And I can't believe in the next year when I vote for the TV Week Logie Awards, I can actually <laughs> feel good about voting for someone in that category. You, well, your show's got my vote. i visit you with a gold Logie then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is awesome. Bilzy, we would like to say a very special thank you for coming on the show. It's been wonderful to have you. No, I appreciate it, guys. Love the chat. Great. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. On that note, we'll wrap this episode of Toy Power. Big thank you for everyone for tuning in to another episode. Big shout out to all our patrons. Thank you so much for your support, and we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people want to learn more go to giantsizeteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows well they're not more awesome than us but they're yeah.